0: Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology, as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Happy New Year. I am sharing with you in this episode a forecast for the week of January 3rd through 9th, 2024. And this week is going to highlight some of the creative tensions of Capricorn and Aries or Saturn and Mars. So we're likely going to be in some kind of process of holding space for our more raw primal feelings, learning how to do that, how to creatively channel the energy that is, as opposed to repressing our life force energy or blowing it out. Mars is gonna enter Capricorn, and then the Sun and Capricorn will square Chiron and Aries. And I'll get into that in more detail along with this week's other transits. This type of dynamic is a conversation about the primal versus the civil. And how we conform to society and have learned a set of behaviors, some of which may accord with our nature harmoniously and others which are very contrary to our nature and then cause ongoing tension because of the energy that it then takes for us to mask or repress basic parts of ourselves that we learned at some point through family or culture like weren't okay or weren't safe. But it's also a conversation about our internal government or internal family systems as there will be many cases where we do actually have freedom to act with greater range of possibility, but we have our own mechanisms which demand we behave in certain narrower ways. It's often part of my work with ongoing clients to notice what behaviors or expressions are personally taboo for them. This is something I work within myself ongoingly also. The thing is sometimes life will really ask this taboo part of us forward and now literally no one but ourselves and I guess you could say all of our past experiences memories conditioning etc is stopping us but literally nothing present sometimes an emergent place we want to go to in our lives is barred off with caution tape and security by another part of us we end up having to learn how to disarm and reassign our security system if we want to change our paradigm of what is allowed for us, so these are Capricorn-Aries conversations, right? Aries is very impulsive, um, follows its kind of joy de vivre, however you say that phrase. Um, it it follows what it wants in any given moment. Capricorn is a lot more cautious, and it is, you know, our own kind of sense of right and wrong, or the right and wrong that we've inherited from culture. It's a part of us that will be a little bit more calculating and discerning from the perspective of what's going to bring me success or failure. So when we have these kind of Capricorn-Aries transits or tensions, sometimes it plays out actually intergenerationally where there's some conflicts between generations. Um, The youth are annoyed at the old people for acting a certain way and the old people don't want to change and they think like it's a whole thing (laughs) I see this whenever there's Capricorn Aries transits especially if they last a long time Um, this one is maybe more of a passing influence so I don't know it might be something that pops up for you Um, but there was this one summer where we had Mars retrograde in Aries and it was square Pluto for an amount of time and there were definitely some dramas between generations that summer that I can remember But anyways, the Capricorn Aries conversations ask us to cyclically renew and upgrade our own inner government, just as new generations like to challenge the older generations every single cycle. And there's really, you know, there can be a generative friction there, and sometimes it can be more warlike. There are big asks on both sides to learn how to be in right relationship between what has existed historically and made the way, right, the ancestors, and then what is emerging anew. And this happens internally also where we have these realizations. We see the light and then we look back and we're like, wow, I totally had that wrong for all those years. And just to recognize that those past experiences and learning experiences did make the way for what's emerging. And so how can there actually be some respect mutually for both sides of this dynamic? And that's important for... Um, you know, when we are doing some kind of deeper inner alchemical work to create more safety and opportunities for ourselves and to nurture our development in a direction that feels scary, you know, that we don't just blow past and try to bypass our hesitation and caution, but we might actually have like a deeper conversation with ourselves and what are we afraid of? What, what does feel vulnerable and take the time to really be with ourselves there um, as opposed to just finding it so inconvenient? I'm going to be um, sharing the rest of the forecast in detail after a few announcements. One is that the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is beginning again for a new cohort that will start March 5th, 2024, and applications are open right now. This is my flagship all-levels program to initiate both newcomers um, and advanced practitioners of astrology alike and anywhere in between into the language of soul-centered evolutionary astrology. This is a form of astrology that really resources Pluto and the lunar nodes um, as a baseline for understanding the soul's arc, story arc in this lifetime. And... It is a profound wisdom school. I've been working closely with it for 10 years now. And it's always with me. Um, It's always really with me too in these big portal, these big transition moments in my life. The moments where I'm really at a kind of deep mythic impasse. right? If something really triggers or activates me, Um, I can see how it's part of my soul narrative. And I I love having that lucidity, you know, like this is a kind of map that is so supportive for understanding ourselves, but also like leaning deeper into the adventure and the unique kind of hero's journey of our life. This four-month intensive is now also part of a year-round container called Diviner, which is a practice space with live calls and workshops several times each month, giving you plenty of opportunities to learn with your, your cohort and directly with me. This is like a really uh, intimate class experience. Um, it's not just like a you're on your own kind of thing. Like It is actually like a live experience, um, and I love teaching this way. Um, I love getting to know you too. A lot of the you know podcast listeners, I get to know you when you come to me for readings or come study with me. Um, it's yeah, it's why I do this. The process for enrolling is to apply. Um, there's a link in the notes. Applications um, for applications that are a fit, we'll get on a call and talk about the course and you know your learning desires. Um, And you can learn more about the program and apply through the link in the notes. Another announcement, I have longer-term one-to-one coaching and mentorship um, spaces available. I resource the natal chart in an ongoing way in the context of what's coming up in your life and in your personal development. I have spaces open for this currently, and this can be combined with the Intensive and Diviner. Um, I do have that as an option that you can be a mentee with me and also study with me. Um, I specialize in supporting people to understand themselves and their patterns at a deeper level and to learn how to unravel and alchemize the more stuck patterns and to move deeper into your creative unfolding through insight, visualization, visionary work, inner child work, and more. I've been collecting different modalities and experiences throughout the years of being a um, perpetual student in different containers, working with coaches. Um, and also being a practitioner, teacher, and coach myself. If you're interested in working with me in a longer-term way, send me an email at sabrina at monarchastrology.com to get on a call with me to discuss it further. My books for astrology readings are currently closed to focus on some projects, but once spaces are available again, my mailing list will be the first to know, and you can sign up for my mailing list in the link in the notes also. So back to this week. On January 4th, Mars will enter Capricorn. I'm just going to say again, it's 2024. Every now and then, somehow, someone finds these forecasts like from years back and get confused, and I don't want that to happen to you. It's 2024, okay, January 4th, Mars enters Capricorn, 6.58 a.m. Pacific. That being said, a lot of my forecasts, you know, I go on these tangents that have... Um, Kind of like timeless gems in them we can say so you can always listen to random forecasts um, and get something out of it but of course if you want to tune into what's happening astrologically for the week that's why i specified that anyways mars is going to stay in capricorn until february 12th mars is very powerfully placed in capricorn uh, Mars's raw power is channeled into Capricorn's structures, capacity for restraint and capacity for good timing and the discipline of Capricorn, this Saturn-ruled sign. This is a Mars whose battles are carefully thought out and planned, right? It's not the most impulsive Mars. It's a Mars that has good impulse and good instincts that have been trained, like someone that has a black belt in karate and they, you know, can enact their impulses on a moment's notice and be really good at it because they've trained and they've put in the time and they have a real foundation but it's not like a willy-nilly impulsive kind of mars um right so very well trained can activate in conflict at a moment's notice and rely on these dutifully built reflexes so as a transit this marks a time period where we may feel more support or backing for active endeavors Goals, athletics, confrontations, doing it, doing something. Um, Like our battery is well-charged, right? You might start to feel this kind of swell of maybe it's easier to feel motivated to work towards your goals. This is a placement, um, however, that confronts us with a few of its own challenges that I'm going to name. What is Mars without challenge? It's kind of the point. The first that I wanted to name was sublimation. And that's the way that we channel some impulses into something more socially acceptable or like when we convert raw sexual energy into non-sexual activities like work. Sublimation is a coping tool and a defense mechanism that can result in a lot of success or achievement and it may be necessary for people at certain stages of development. Um, And if it's a holding pattern, it's at least yielding dividends that are good for the future um you know this was something that like i really have been thinking about or my attention has been on because um i this was something that i did i basically had you know such intense almost got like an obsessive quality um interpersonally that i really didn't know how to deal with i've got a moon pluto opposition if you know you know And so when I was younger, I would fuel that into art and my work and my astrology work even because it felt too like, how do I actually hold and contain this? You know, I didn't know how. And then I learned, you know, so much through astrology and through everything that astrology led me to study as a tertiary, like secondary thing. Um, And eventually was able to come right back to that more obsessive part of me and learn how to hold her and how to actually be in whatever she's passionate about and not use my work as a way to hide. Um, And so when I speak about sublimation and whatnot as like a Mars and Capricorn thing, it's something that I, I think about, something that I have recognized in myself And also have been able to see what it's like to come out of that. And so that's where I think, you know, for your own self-awareness, really seeing if you're doing that and where there's an opportunity to not do that. You know, like if you listen to my novel that I shared on this podcast, like Hungry Ghosts of Paradise, there definitely have been moments in my life where things were so difficult, things were so hard, I was really down and out emotionally that I would throw myself into work to at least distract myself from that emotional underworld and be doing something productive instead. And the type of things that I studied were actually about personal development and like coaching and healing and whatnot. And now I've gained a lot of tools that actually allow me to confront my experience more head-on in the moment and not have to hide behind things. So sometimes I, I recognize that we sublimate because we just don't know what else to do. The thing is so overwhelming, so potent. It's like, how do I actually hold this raw, like hot, vulnerable thing inside of me? Like may as well do something, you know, may as well climb at my job or whatever, you know, might as well study really hard and how, um, yeah, that just notice if that's a dynamic that's coming up. So as I was saying, there's some point where we really can open to the deeper raw desire or need below the sublimation and defense process. And it's important to lean into cultivating skills, Mars and Capricorn, that are appropriate for the original deeper thing like cultivating one's sexual life or erotic capacities, as opposed to throwing oneself into work as a defense against those desires, for example. Right? If you hear yourself bargaining with yourself, like there's something you really want, and there's like a, eh, I'll just do this other thing instead. Think about it. The other challenge I want to name is that of being the bad guy. Mars in Capricorn has villain energy. Mars in Capricorn is often actually really good at it, too, and can just slice through a matter or say something confrontational in a very clean, matter-of-fact way. But a lot of people are deeply scared of being bad and do a lot of gymnastics to be good and in this way engage untrue dynamics for a long period of time, like pretending to go along with things or pretending to like something or someone that they don't actually Mars and Capricorn may ask that we have the basic range to be able to disagree, to be a no, to say the true necessary thing, right? To have a conflict of will, right? To want something that maybe is a little bit inconvenient to want, right? Or to be annoyed or upset and to actually express that as opposed to just sweeping it under the rug. Right. Whatever it is for you that feels like the edgy kind of villain thing to do. Um, you know, like you, you know what it is, <laughs> like what you think is kind of wrong or bad, but at the same, you know, either you really think it's so wrong and bad that you haven't stepped outside of it. You're like, it is wrong and bad or you know it's not objectively so wrong and bad but it's just a place where it's really high sensation and uncomfortable and squeamish for you um but where you might actually be um like kind of invited in some sense to express that part of you so that could be like here's an example if you're a person who kind of smiles and nods and like lets people like emotionally dump on you and just like tell you anything and everything that you didn't ask to hear and how you feel like oh i just have to listen to them and the difference between actually asserting that you're not available for this or naming like hey could we have like a more um energetically reciprocal kind of conversation i feel like you're um just venting at me and didn't ask you know or whatever Whatever messy, there's definitely other ways to say it that are actually so much more um, skillful. Now that I say that, (laughs) right? To even um, uh, like nonviolent communication kind of skills even. But whatever it is, right? What is the place where you feel like a villain? And is your life pointing you toward that villain archetype during this transit? When a person has felt unable to express this malefic quality of themselves, the energy can be pent up, which is why a person who begins to speak their minds for the first time often tends to be rude or unskilled or kind of an asshole about it, like a pendulum swing from good person to villain. We can have some compassion for this and allow for some messiness in the name of growing pains, but also with more wisdom have some ways to transition better. I'll let you know too, like I'm a Mercury Venus person in Pisces, and I like to be sweet. I really do. And so sometimes when I'm bothered or upset about something, it actually takes me a minute to process like how do I want to communicate this? Sometimes I have to like go to a friend or a coach and like get the get the insight of like this is this is what I'm upset about. I can't quite put my finger on like how to express and confront. But the more I practice it, the better I get at it in the moment. Um, And it feels amazing. And it actually has only created more connection in my life um, and helped me actually feel more present. Like I think um, with Mars, Mars has this severing quality. So it could relate to splitting or like actually feeling disconnected. But I think it also has this very penetrative quality um, and a very like fiery embodied like in, like present quality and i think that when we bring ourselves into an experience by having an opinion or having a need or asserting ourselves in some way that we actually can feel more seen and met um, and we're giving people the chance to meet us there through that kind of assertion and at the same time people can still feel like it's bad to do that and they want to just go with the flow or be nice or something like that um so yeah i think that the the archetype of the villain is really interesting here because a lot of um you know sometimes people that are extremely well bounded confident know what they want and don't cater to people are the ones that get villainized right and if you um If you are easily manipulated into someone kind of being like, hey, you did this thing and it's wrong and I need you to change your behavior for me and you don't become a villain because you're like, okay, and you go along with it. It's like where you actually can stand in the fire of disagreement when it's true disagreement, um, the villain thing can come through. So another on this point of having wisdom and making the transition better um, in terms of mm, asserting ourselves in places where maybe we haven't before, Mars and Capricorn may be a journey of taking better responsibility for our side of the street rather than antagonizing others or making someone else the bad guy in order to pump ourselves with the necessary energy to make a change or individuate. Right? like When you are able to see that you didn't like something or that you have maybe outgrown a dynamic but you don't necessarily make it about like, I'm out of here, I'm done, I never liked you anyway like creating flames on the way out that aren't necessary which is a separation behavior that sometimes people act out. Um, we're free to initiate new actions without having to totally burn bridges. And if you really do want to create an ending that could be a more intentional choice rather than a reactive one as endings are also sometimes necessary sometimes we do end dynamics we do end relationships um, and there's times where that's reactive and not necessary at this time capacity for conflict and disagreement are likely to strengthen relationships and bonds eventually mars and capricorn will square the lunar nodes which are currently in libra and aries And from an evolutionary perspective, by the way, if you have planets square the nodes, that's like one of my favorite things to delineate. So when my books are open, definitely come to me about it sometime. But anyways, the planets that are square the nodes, um, they will resolve from one node in particular. In this case, with Mars in Capricorn, the resolution node is the south node in Libra. So that means that... um, There's some like unfinished business with Libra that Mars and Capricorn has. So to me, this is an omen that conflict, Mars, is part of the art of love, Libra. Conflict is part of what leads to the arts of negotiation and resolution. So we or others may be a little stir crazy in stifled, stale dynamics, leading to someone who's feeling that, you know, who's getting tired of holding it breaking the ice and asking for a change and the more dynamic we generally allow ourselves to be the more willing we might be to adapt new energies of the relational dance with others when conflict naturally arises you could see how conflict avoidance and pretending everything's fine while everyone eats on fine china and has like a secret volcano simmering simmering below their tight appropriate demeanor isn't really the dream is our relational dance flexible enough for a little spice or a little confrontation right and is that going to give that south node in libra all the opportunity to really learn and practice these negotiation skills so i think um work, negotiation skills you know it's highlighted in the collective of course and then also personally this kind of Um, How do we create peace in deeper ways while also acknowledging whatever conflict is arising that is clearly not peaceful, right? And how do we work through it in relationship and connection? January 6th, the sun in 15 degrees of Capricorn will square Chiron in 15 degrees of Aries at 1235 a.m. Pacific. This transit echoes some of the dynamics I spoke up with Mars and Capricorn, just in the sense that we're looking at another conversation around discipline, responsibility, caution versus the raw and instinctual. But let's break it down through the more specific archetypes, though. The sun and Capricorn will relate to the field of expression right now. So we had the new year. People are reviewing the last year and sharing lessons and highlights and making new goals for the new year. And both of those are incredibly Capricorn Capricornian since Capricorn is a lot about learning from the past as well as learning from life's failures and successes and it's also a very ambitious worldly sign that likes to climb new heights and also guide people behind them or seek counsel from those ahead of them so where people are out here just sharing like this is what I learned in this last year they're at the top of their mountain and they're like this is the perspective I have right and then this is this is where I want to go still so even to the people that critique uh, the Capricorn ingress being or the new year January 1st just being in the middle of Capricorn season and it's like kind of what why (laughs) it's winter Uh, what about the Aries ingress I think the way that we approach new years is very Capricorn like it's it's connected everyone's literally reviewing the year behind and making goals for the year ahead. It's just classic Capricorn, right? So this is an example of how the sun is beaming expressively in Capricorn, but it can also take other forms, right? Like choosing how we present ourselves rather than just being impulsive, Um, dark kind of wry humor, Maybe we're exuding some kind of professionalism or put togetherness. Um, Or if we feel strangely out of that game and we're feeling a little downtrodden and judging ourselves, maybe we are really feeling deeply restful and reflective and taking some chosen time to sit out. Like we we honor the need for rest. It goes on. Um, I really felt this transit. (laughs) I felt this energy of like the other day, just like sitting with this part of me of like should i should i freak out you know like in my own um in my own company when i'm alone if i need to have a little tantrum or freak out or be really weird i just do it right and like out in public that's different (laughs) i might be simmering with something on the inside But I don't necessarily, it's not so um, overwhelming that I need to like go, you know, run to a bathroom stall and like just have a moment freaking out by myself or something. When I was feeling into that energy though, I thought I really felt, uh, I don't know if I was thinking about Capricorn and Aries in particular, but I, I was thinking about this dynamic of like keeping it together and what it's like to keep it together when you're actually like, really having an internal moment, right? And versus the dynamic of, like, expressing the freak out. And it's not to say either one is objectively true or correct all of the time. I love my, you know, my tantrums on my own time because they're alchemical. Like, it's expressive. It is embodied. It allows me to move energy. But when I need to be put together, I can be also. Um, And so I was just kind of sitting thinking about that. And then I looked at this transit and I was like, that's, that's this, (laughs) that's this transit, right? So I was saying, um, if I come back to my writing here, Chiron and Aries relates to healing our relationship to our impulse and raw will, which for some people may be hyper-aroused, such as they lash out easily, right? It's actually hard for them to contain themselves. They maybe have a temper and it feels out of control. Or for others, it may be more repressed, meaning they're more willing to compromise or people-please or hold things in at their own expense, for example. So you see the tension. And the square between Sun and Capricorn and Chiron and Aries may highlight the edges or crunchy places where we want to act out but hesitate to and bring up what skills we're needing to learn here. Are we learning to contain our nervous system and energy and expand inside of activation without having to freak out and spill out, right? To do something that you're nervous or scared about but to like hold your cool, right? Is that important for you to learn in some way? Or are we learning how to let ourselves express activation, um, let ourselves be in the, the raw, the rawness? And regardless of how it needs to look for us, the underlying theme is similar. It's learning how to be responsible with our life force, right? how to be creative with it. And I think it's actually going to be more personally unique to each person just in terms of what your patterns are around um, lashing out versus repression and where um, what would be more creative and meaningful for you to adapt um, or kind of add to your repertoire um, so that you can hold your cool in places where you haven't been able to or you can let loose in places where you haven't been able to. Then January 8th, we have Mercury in 25 degrees of Sagittarius. It's now direct, square Neptune in 25 degrees of Pisces at 5.24 p.m. Pacific. And this will be the third time in this little Mercury retrograde cycle where Mercury has squared Neptune. And this has been a really interesting transit to experience um, Mercury. To just fix my note here because I wrote Mars. Mercury stationed at this square. Um, when Mercury stationed direct, it was in that square to Neptune. So it's been hovering there a little bit. And what I've noticed about it is that there's been, you know, I was talking about it as like, this is like a really interesting Mercury. It stationed at a conjunction to Mars. Now Mars has moved on to Capricorn, but when it stationed, it was conjunct Mars. And square Neptune. So it felt like a very passionate, like I've seen the light, like kind of missionary, like, you know, Sagittarius is, loves to share beliefs and visions. It felt like a very impassioned, um, imaginative, a little bit off the wall kind of Mercury. And I thought it would be a great time for like visionary experiences and trance and ceremony. And The Mars Neptune part is interesting too. Um, Mars Neptune is often present during, um, or I mean, Mars Neptune creates like really vivid dreams. It can also be like the nightmare, right? Like Neptune being the dream, and Mars um, having that malefic quality, right? So like a bad dream, but sometimes just striking, impactful kind of dreams. So if we make it. As we've been kind of sitting in this Mercury-Neptune space, I think there's been some moments of like slipping into thoughts or trains of thought that disperse energy in a negative way, like having a bad trip, Um, as well as heightened creativity and lucidity around interrupting those patterns and choosing a more inspired road. This kind of mental freedom may be natural to some, but also for some, there's been mindset work involved or learning how to see through the mind's games and not be so tricked by all the rides it wants to go on. But I think that that um, I've just kind of noticed that in myself and in the field of little kind of thought trains coming up and being able to be like, actually not today, not going to do that one. Um, and that's that's the importance actually of understanding pattern work and like why I think pattern work is so helpful. Um, I had some of those experiences in terms of my own thought trains of just seeing places where, you know, choosing not to feel shame and like, oh, I can be like embarrassed or I can feel the high sensation of like, oh, I just like I'm really cringing and learn from it and laugh about it and move on as opposed to going down this like sticky, dark rabbit hole of like, oh, I'm so bad. I'm so bad, you know, I'm like sitting in that like quicksand, uh, which is a mental temptation. There is a neural pathway that's happy to go down that road, like a nice little gravity blanket, you know, so being able to kind of see our mental patterns and stories and have some lucidity, Neptune, um, but perhaps being snuck up on also by these moments of like how did I slip here into this like train of thought or this way of looking at something um so yeah it's been an interesting very interesting transit I'm glad that we got to stay in it for a little bit because it's been so um so fertile for imaginative and visionary thinking and then January 9th The sun in 19 degrees of Capricorn will try and Uranus retrograde in 19 Taurus at 4.07 p.m. Pacific. So as tight as we can become when we're concerned with being appropriate, doing it right, having it together, being good, etc. These are mostly just ways our egoic consciousness holds on to particular rules or programs right, to stay safe. The deeper practicality and moving mountains part of Capricorn does actually have room for innovation and this is here highlighted by the trine to Uranus, a planet that supports us in having breakthroughs, right? So even though Capricorn can tend to be kind of conservative in some ways, there is also a side of Capricorn that uh, I think can understand the practical necessity for innovation and include that in its worldview or in its ways. Um, After we realize an impasse or what is not working or starting to feel constricted, we might be cooking toward a breakthrough moment, right? Like often, like that's kind of just how the narrative goes. We, We have breakthroughs after we've been stuck. So there's a confrontation with the wall before we break through the wall. Um, that's why when I'm feeling, you know, an impasse or feeling really stuck or whatever, it can feel so convincing. But also at a mythic level, I'm always excited about it because I know a breakthrough is on the way. Um, this can be like when we think there are only two options and both are really not ideal. But then we begin to see like a magical third or fourth, et cetera, option. Or we see the deeper implications of one of the original options or like the option the true one if like we really feel that pulse and it becomes like the narrowing becomes the breakthrough this you know the poetic part of Capricorn it's like it can be a tunnel it's like the birth canal is a difficult journey for baby and mother but it leads to birth like a whole new world right so sometimes when we're in that like I feel constricted we're actually being guided in a direction and there will be a moment where we see light Um, if we experience a clash earlier in the week between what we deeply want and what we think is possible or what we deeply want versus what we think is allowed the story and what we're capable of seeing may begin to widen here around the end of the week around January 9th 9th And this transit also serves as a reminder that our regular efforts and practices in a direction set the stage for deeper and bigger changes at the times that those opportunities for change arise. We should not be waiting to be saved, right? Not by a good transit even, right? We ought to be training and practicing, you know, developing our skills, doing what we love, you know, deepening into our growth and then be ready when the time comes for an upgrade, So I think that the Sun in Capricorn trine Uranus and Taurus, I mean, there's going to be a breakthrough, um, but probably with something where the foundation has been set, you've already been working toward it, you've been putting in the time for an extended period of time, and the moment arises where it's like, this is what, what you've been doing the work for, here's the opportunity, here's the breakthrough. So that's what I have for you this week. Reminder to check out the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive linked in the notes applications are open now um, and to email me sabrina at monarchastrology.com to inquire about the one-to-one mentorship coaching um, also if you want to do that alongside the intensive in diviner um, and to get on my mailing list um, for when my books open again if you're you know you are listening to this on the podcast i didn't make a youtube this week because I just didn't have enough time in my schedule during daylight hours and the lighting's not so good. So it's like, whatever, I'll just make a podcast this week. I'll be back to YouTube. But I would love some reviews of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's been kind of, it's been kind of a while since a review <laughs> and yeah, so I would love that. Give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, five stars on Spotify, um, I always love to hear from you in that way or um, for readings or when I get to know you through my classes and whatnot, it's cool to meet you. Some of you tell me that you listen to the podcast for years. So if that's the case, if you're listening and you are a regular listener, please help this podcast, support it in reaching um, other like-minded magical people that feel the resonance with this show um, by giving it that review and helping it get sent out to more people that way. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have a beautiful week.